peace be with you in Jesus' name. Here in the sixth Sunday of Easter, we celebrate Jesus for all of time and eternity. And so, over 40 days, Jesus made a lasting impression on those blessed to see him in his resurrected glory. In this Easter season, we marvel at the history Jesus made and the eternally timeless nature of God's triumphant living Son. Blessed by his Spirit today, we celebrate forever in his presence in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Trust in him. God is a refuge for us. Let's make our confession to God our Heavenly Father. Merciful Father, we repent of our sins. Graciously hear our confession, loving Lord, and grant us your grace and forgiveness in Jesus Christ. By the renewing work of the Holy Spirit within us, may we be led to live each day to the glory of your holy name and to those who call upon him with repentant hearts, God has promised forgiveness as a servant of Christ. I announce to you the forgiveness of all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We pray, good and faithful Father, Everything from beginning to end unfolds in your time. May we be so blessed to be in your eternal presence, even now and forever. Through Jesus Christ, the victorious Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. In this season of Easter, we turn to God's sacred word, first from the book of Acts, chapter 16, beginning at verse 9. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. From Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace, and the next day we went on to Neapolis, 
From there, we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and the leading city of that district of Macedonia. We stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. This is the word of the Lord. And thanks be to God. Our epistle lesson is from John's letter of Revelation, chapter 21, beginning at verse 9. One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and said to me, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God and its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with twelve gates and with twelve angels at the gates. On the gates were written the names of the twelve tribes of Israel. There were three gates on the east, three on the north, three on the south, three on the west. The wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. The twelve gates were twelve pearls, each gate made of a single pearl. The great street of the city was of gold, as pure as transparent glass. I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our Holy Gospel is according to St. John, the 16th chapter, beginning at verse 23. Glory to you, O Lord.
Jesus said, In that day you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now you've not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. Though I have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my Father. In that day you will ask in my name. I'm not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I am leaving the world and going back to the Father. Then Jesus' disciples said, now you are speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things and that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. Do you now believe, Jesus replied, a time is coming, and in fact has come, when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I've told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. This is the Gospel of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So many pictures have been made of Jesus, and yet we still have to wonder, what does Jesus really look like? Poet Denise Levertov writes a poem in which an old monk is set down at a table, and he is shown a book full of great paintings of Jesus. The old monk thumbs through the pages and looks at the pictures, and then he closes the book and looks up. Yes, he says, each one of these pictures looks just like him. 
Each one gives us some clue to the mystery of Jesus. Yes, indeed. Well, the Holy One from heaven, Jesus, the one who is for all time and eternity. Those first early voices that tell us about Jesus have other things they want to tell us about him. The living spirit has given them things that bring us an even more vivid and greater picture of Jesus than just telling us about his appearance. What do you see, for instance, when the book of Hebrews tells us, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. What do you see? Hebrews is telling us Jesus is a man like us, who breathes the air of this world. We all as creatures, we breathe the air of need. We breathe the air of survival. In and out, each breath is a kind of prayer. Each breath says, I need you again, loving God. And now, right beside us, now here is this man, Jesus, just like us, breathing this same air with us. And yet, at the same time, Jesus, the living Son of God, breathes the air of the sacred. In and out, Jesus takes in and then releases the breath and wind of the heavens. We breathe simply to live. But Hebrews is telling us, Jesus comes to live and breathe to be our priest. Well, the book of Hebrews describes Jesus as a high priest because he will carry our prayers to his Father in heaven and return to us with a blessing of eternal peace. What does that look like? Well, Jesus himself talked to his disciples about this. He really cared about them. He cares about all of us so much. Jesus is the divine and holy one who has come to sympathize with our every weakness. Can you see this expression on his face? Complete care and compassion. Jesus understands 
that we have a mind that can be like a crowded drawer. Maybe it's a drawer full of socks, and it's now so stuffed with other things that have been crammed in there, it cannot even close. And Jesus understands our limitations, being like us in every way. But at the same time, his mind is not a crowded drawer too full of stuff. His mind is at perfect peace. His mind holds all the pieces of the universe in a kind of perfect, serene order and understanding. And Jesus is the high priest sent from heaven to bring to us and his disciples this peace that passes all understanding. He wants us to see that questions and burdens that we have can be turned into prayers. Jesus was telling us that these prayers spoken in trust will be carried by him to the Heavenly Father. This is what our high priest will do. Jesus knew that the day of recognition would come for his disciples whose faith was growing. In that day, he said, you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you've not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. Well, those disciples, they would soon see what Jesus had in mind. They were beginning to trust that Jesus really does know all things. And that Jesus had really come to them from God in his heaven. <laughs> These disciples, they had traveled with him. They had slept under the stars with Jesus, peering out together with him at the mystery of the whole thing. And he was not like any other priest they had ever seen. They were watching what the book of Hebrews would later describe. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who follow him, and he was designated to be high priest for all time and eternity. The high priest the disciples might have seen in the great temple in the center of Jerusalem well, he spent his days making sacrifices by the fire. People would bring offerings. 
and the priest would put them on the fire, sending the smoke to God in heaven. Sacrifices were made again and again in hopes of righteous harmony with God. But now, Jesus, the great high priest who has come down through the heavens, he could make a sacrifice far greater and more effective. He would sacrifice himself. The stone white temple in the center of Jerusalem, oh, it was a beautiful place, so elegant. It made the sacrifice of offerings a wonderful kind of ritual. In contrast, Jesus' sacrifice would be made outside the city walls in a place that was far more earthly, this place of rock and dust and heat, this place called Golgotha, the place of the skull. Many had taken their last earthly breath here, and now here was Jesus on a cross, but he's the high priest sent from heaven, making his one sacrifice holy and sacred for all time and eternity. He himself on the cross is the sacrificial lamb, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In this perfect sacrifice, Jesus the high priest was entering the holiest place in heaven to appear in God's presence with the sacrifice of himself to offer. And he is offering himself for us. There in heaven, he is pleading for us. For all time and eternity, he's asking his father if he could return to us, bringing us his salvation triumph. And the father, he looks at his son and his beautiful sacrifice and he says, yes, return to those who have loved me. So, can you see him yet? What does Jesus look like now? Jesus told his disciples that even when he needed to leave them, they would be able to see him if they believed. They would see him by the living and Holy Spirit present in the world. Oh, Jesus certainly knew their limitations, and he was even thinking of us when he says, A time is coming when you will be scattered. What a great word, scattered, so scattered. But at the same time, he also promised, In me, you may have peace.
In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So they waited and they looked. And then they saw him transformed, resurrected, alive, glorious, victorious. There was Jesus returned to them, and they could see in him all of time and eternity. He was the living and breathing answer to all their prayers. Now, truly seeing him, the disciples could understand how and why their questions and burdens could always become prayers, spoken in trust and faith as if they were breath itself. Now they knew that Jesus for all time and eternity had overcome the world. For all time and eternity, he is the high priest who carries our prayers to God, our Father in heaven. For all time and eternity, he will be the hope and faith of all those who believe. For all time and eternity, Jesus is our rising strength. So for us, next week, we'll be celebrating Jesus' ascension into heaven. What a great event. Jesus, leaving the world, was returning to the Father in a kind of kingly coronation ascending through the air, beyond the clouds, into the heavens. It would change things for his disciples. Oh, they couldn't see his face now, but now, instead of anxious questions, they had a peaceful confidence. Instead of trouble and burdens, they had prayers. They would not forget what Jesus looked like. Again and again, they would relive and retell his miracles and wonders, telling others what they had seen Jesus do and what he had said and how he had looked at them. Somehow now they could always see him by faith. They could see into the heavens there, the sacrificial, victorious lamb who is the very light and the very lamp that illuminates heaven itself. And so too now we see him, not with our eyes, but by faith. We know what he looks like in a much more significant way. There he is, our great high priest, who has gone through the heavens, carrying our deepest needs and our most courageous prayers. For all time and eternity, we take heart. Jesus has overcome the world.
Let me pray for you that you would be so blessed. Oh, good and faithful Father, we praise you. We thank you and we worship you. For all time and eternity, Jesus stands in victory. He is our faithful high priest. So, bless us with your living spirit that our troubles and burdens and questions might all be prayers carried by Jesus to your compassionate ear in heaven. For all time and eternity, may we be so blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you to share with me the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We worship God with our offerings. I invite you to either send your offering to our church by mail, or you could go to our website and find a way to get Together we pray, loving Father in heaven, with thankful hearts, we bring you our prayers. We remember your many acts of kindness throughout all ages. We thank you for the blessings we can count, and we also thank you for blessings we may never be aware of. We praise you for your continued care Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
We pray for all the nations of the world on every continent. We pray for abiding peace in our time. We pray for your righteousness and goodness to prevail in all things. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the members of our families and our neighbors. Bless, Lord, those who are closest to us, that together we may live in peace and harmony. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who especially need your care. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Good Father, we ask your blessing. Eternal Lord, we thank you for the faithful saints in ages past who now rejoice in your eternal presence. Inspired by their witness of faith and life, may we so live with joyful hearts all our days. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Amen. Father, we thank you that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. And the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia.
Thank you for listening to this audio service of Bethlehem Lutheran Church, Glen Lake, Minnesota. This podcast features Reverend James Disney with music by Sue Bloom, produced and edited by Amy Munson. If you enjoy listening, we encourage you to visit our website at www.blcmtka.org to learn more about our church and to support this podcast. Blessings upon your week.